What's up revelers and weirdos, this is Scaring Sam, where sometimes I terrify my fiance watching horror movies, sometimes she rolls her eyes, and at all times she questions her life choices being with me. We are your hosts. I'm Sam. And I'm James. And October has begun, and you voted for a film that I've already seen, yay! <laughs> yes, to begin spooky season we are watching 1999's Sleepy Hollow. Loosely based on Washington Irving's 1820 short story, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, Sleepy Hollow is directed by Tim Burton, duh, obviously, <laughs> and stars Johnny Depp, Christina Ritchie, a lot of British thespians, a couple of Hammer Horror veterans, Christopher Walken and Darth Maul himself, Ray Park, play the Headless Horseman. So, the plot. It's 1799, and New York detective Ichabod Crane is assigned to solve a spat of decapitations in the town of Sleepy Hollow, whom the superstitious townfolk believe the undead headless horseman is responsible. If Sleepy Hollow isn't on your list of must-see horror movies for the Halloween season, then you need to reevaluate your life. <laughs> I'm inclined to say this is also one of the last great Tim Burton movies, followed by Big Fish and finally Sweeney Todd in 2007. After that, Burton has been best known for churning out mediocre live-action Disney remakes. Which are still good. Yeah, I guess. I mean, Alice in Wonderland? Yeah, I liked it. It's just... All CGI just vomited all over the screen. Okay. And Johnny Depp has just gone completely overboard in that row. Yeah, well, he's playing the Mad Hatter. I know, but it's, <laughs> it's the design of the character as well, and I just don't like films that are that overly dependent on CGI. I getcha. <laughs> and also, the point is, all these live-action Disney remakes, fact remains are never as good as the original. Yes, I do agree with you there. You can't beat the original. So, aside from them being money-making projects, what is the real point of them, then? If they're never going to be as good as the original? It's a revamp. I think we should just leave it as that. At the time, this was the first real horror film that Burton had directed. He was influenced by his love of Mario Bava's Italian Gothic horror, Black Sunday, Roger Corman horrors, his Poe cycle based on the ones I've seen, they're quite gothic, and a number of Hammer productions, which inspired the spectacularly vibrant Red Blood. Yes, I'm glad you brought that up, James. Those vibrant blood splats across many of the characters throughout the film really contrast against the muted colour tones. Grey and gloomy, really kind of setting the eerie atmosphere. It is utterly dreary throughout. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And to add to those tones, the images of pumpkins, falling leaves, and then we enter the party. And that's really setting the Halloween mood. With... Plenty of carved pumpkins 
lit around the place. And me and you are snuggled in our skull blanket watching this film. It's great. <laughs> it really sets a great atmosphere with its mystery and magical horror for this month, this autumn, this Halloween season, you know. And when I first saw this film many years ago, um, the the scene where we go into the woods and we meet the um, the witch that's on her own, when her head pops, pops out, I remember that making me jump. But I feel like I might be a bit desensitised now <laughs> because that didn't make me jump. No, I remember when I watched it when I was young and, yeah, it made me jump as well. Yeah, so... <laughs> Unless... Obviously, I was I was only 10 when this came out, but I can't remember when I actually saw it. Obviously, it wasn't when I was 10. I don't think my parents would have let me watch it. I saw it the second it came out on VHS. Whenever that was. <laughs> I don't think they came out three months after the film was released in cinema, back in 1999. Mm. And this is one of... Th- those films that I genuinely enjoy. It's got a good storyline, fantastic music, great characters, and the visuals are <laughs> to die for. Oh yes, Sleepy Hollow is utterly gorgeous movie to look at. Cinematography was by Emmanuel Labredzki, who is also known for his work on Children of Men, Gravity, Birdman and The Reverend, mm. which, in hindsight, I only enjoyed the visuals in that film. All the trees swaying. It's quite relaxing, despite a bear trying to eat Leonardo DiCaprio. It's Labredski's work that lends itself to the atmosphere of the film the most. First, Labredski and Burton considered shooting in black and white in the classic square mm. academy ratio. Okay. When that didn't pan out, they resorted to the monochromatic effect you see in a film. Lobretsky also took inspiration from Hammer Horrors with the over-dependence of soft lighting and smoke to add to the fantasy aspect. Mm. Yeah, there was always that um, creeping fog everywhere. Was that a smoke machine or just a lot of dry ice? Maybe a bit of both. Who knows? From the first shot to the last, this film invokes a creepy heightened reality where this dreary world could have ghouls and ghosts inhabiting the landscape. When I picture Halloween, this is what I imagine. Like living inside Tim Burton's head. That would be great, wouldn't it? Yep, but it never lives up to that. Not in the UK. What, you've been in Tim Burton's head in the UK? I'm talking about Halloween. (laughs) I know, but... Eventually, when we get our own house and we can dress it up for autumn and October and Halloween, you know, we're going to we're going to do it right. Yes, but now we have to wait until next year. And I'm super impatient. (laughs) You're impatient. (laughs) What am I? (laughs) Oh, anyway, let's let's not get get drawn into that. Yes. And I've got to give a special shout out to screenwriter Andrew Kevin Walker, who effortlessly balances a compelling murder mystery and an entertaining horror in the same film. Trust me, that is an incredible feat. 
Well, I enjoyed it. It just flows, doesn't it? It just. It does. It's just what it is. Watch it and you will understand. It's just fun and engrossing all at once. From the screenwriter to the composer. I do like Danny Elfman's work. And this score really ups that eerie, gloomy feeling. (laughs) It really adds intensity where it's needed and... It's got like haunting choirs in it in places and yeah, it just really matches the tone of the film really well. It just invokes that overly theatrical, spooky atmosphere. Yeah, and I love that. Great. (laughs) Until now, until... Because I haven't watched Sleepy Hollow for a couple of years. Yeah, me too. It never states that it's a Halloween film. They don't even mention the word Halloween. He just turns up Mm. at that party and it's filled with jack-o'-lanterns and obviously it's that time of year. It gets me in the mood for the season much as the same way as Hocus Pocus. Oh, can't wait to watch that. Well, that and hubby Halloween this year. Mm. No? (laughs) No, I don't like Adam Sandler. He's too goofy. You're saying that or am I saying that? Your face was saying that. Oh, really? No, I like Adam Sandler. You just screwed your face up. Like, uh, happy Halloween. Did watch it? Yeah, last Halloween when it came out. Yeah. So, you can watch Hocus Pocus last year. We can watch that as well. It's not the same, though. It's not a classic in my eyes yet. Well, it's not old enough to be a classic. In time, it will be. Mm. Hello, cat. Okay, so, a quick fact about Sleepy Hollow itself. Oh, my God, cat. Get away from the coffee. European settlers may have arrived in the area in the early 1600s, but do you know when the town of Sleepy Hollow actually existed? No idea. 1996. Oh. Yeah. Three years before this film came out. (laughs) Yeah, so when I first discovered this, I thought, oh, they got word that they're making this film. Maybe we should cash in on it. Hmm. Because apparently it's been in development since 1993, so... What, the film? Yeah. Oh, it, it went I see. Through, it went through development hell for a while. Right. Exchanged a lot of hands, a lot of directors, a lot of writers, until it fell into Tim Burton's lap. Well, it fell into the right lap then, didn't it? Originally, he was going to make a Superman film with Nicolas Cage. Hmm. <laughs> I think he made the right choice. Yeah. <laughs> So, I don't know if they got word of it and they wanted to turn it into a tourist trap. I don't know. What was the motivation after over a century since the original short story was written that they decided to go, oh, this area's in the same location as Sleepy Hollow. Let's rename the town the same. Who knows? Who knows? All I know is that this cat is stealing the heat from the laptop. Uh, If you're on our um, social media, you may see photos. (laughs) Anyway, the role of Katrina was offered to Renona Ryder, but when she turned it down, Christina Ricci was cast, which at first Johnny Depp was somewhat uncomfortable with, seeing as he had known Ricci since she was nine years old, because Johnny Depp is a gentleman and respectful towards women. Which is understandable, There's an eight-year age gap between Depp and Ryder, 
17 years between him and Ricci. Mm, okay. In terms of story, I guess that was far more acceptable in the 18th century and clearly Hollywood in the 90s. But how do you rate Ichabod's pickup line? Maybe, well, I must have missed that. What was it? Maybe you have a bit of witch in you because you have bewitched me. Oh, no, I did like that. <laughs> oh. I suppose it only works if you look like Johnny Depp, though. Well, you say this, ladies and gentlemen, we are adding another one to the Long Hair Man Appreciation Society. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Johnny Depp, welcome. <laughs> After so many episodes, we've got a third entry. Yes. And it's Johnny Depp. Yeah. Well, why not? Yeah. Seems fair. <laughs> yeah. For Johnny Depp's standards, his performance as Ichabod Crane is reasonably grounded. Yes, he's socially awkward and a nervous wreck, but it's the character's mind for science and facts that allows him to solve this mystery while the townsfolk are consumed by their fear of the supernatural. Depp didn't want to play a typical action star, so took inspiration from numerous sources. What stood out to me the most was that he studied Roddy McDowell's acting, which, in hindsight, you can see as his performance mirrors McDowell's nervous Peter Vincent in Fright Night. Oh. I love Peter Vincent in Fright Night. Okay. Depp describes Ichabod Crane as being so uptight he couldn't fit a pin up his ass. Oh, okay. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. Crane is reminiscent of a typical M.R. James protagonist. A man of science and logic who is confronted with the incomprehensible. When he first begins to make his inquiries and the heads of town tell him it is the headless horseman who is killing people, Crane is sceptical, believing the culprit is a man, not a ghoul. Well, of course he is. What would you think? Well, yeah. You come from New York, where it's far more modern for that era. He's applying, what is it, method methodology, solving crimes... And then you go to some backwater town and they still believe in supernatural and ghosts and black dogs and what have you. But what if that happened now, though? <laughs> like someone saying that a headless horseman's going around attacking and killing people. Oh, he'd approach it exactly the same way, wouldn't he? Exactly. Until you actually see it with your eyes, you don't believe it. Cool, it's only when Magistrate Phillips is killed in front of him that he starts believing in the supernatural. Before that, however, his scientific methods are surely too advanced for this time period. When he's examining Jonathan Masber's body, I felt like we were watching CSI Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> yeah, all those um, weird instruments. Not entirely sure what they were doing. And then he just came out with blood splattered everywhere. Was that just for the shot? <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Hopefully he didn't cut the woman's body from head to toe while examining. Mm. And later, in a fevered state, Crane remembers why he became the man he is today. As a child, his righteous father condemned his mother for being a witch and punished her by locking her inside an Iron Maiden torture device, which is an unnerving scene. Yeah, that was, that was a bit gory. It kind of reminds me of the um, the lift scene 
out of you know what I'm talking about, don't you? In The Shining. Yeah, where all the blood pours out of that bit. It just reminds me of that. And it's so... The contrasting colours, like the greys against that blood, red, vivid... Oh, it's just... It's it's quite disturbing. You have to put into account, this is when Ichabod was a child as well, and he found his mother this way. And it's really unnerving when... He calls out her name from the torture device as well. And you just see her eyes staring down at him. Mm. That was the day Ichabod lost his faith and became a man of logic and reason. I would agree that would turn that would turn pretty much everyone, wouldn't it? <laughs> it's a nice little backstory that justifies the way he is. Well, I see that little twinkle in your eye, Sam. And you want to know more about the locations of the film. Okay. <laughs> Locations were scouted in upstate New York and Massachusetts, but they never found anything suitable, so the UK was considered. UK, UK, UK. You said considered. Did they actually film it in the UK then? After working at a couple of film studios then, they literally literally built the small town of Sleepy Hollow on a... Location at Hambledon Estate at Lime Tree Valley for a month-long shoot, complete with detailed rooms at a cost of $1.3 million. Oh, so it's just outside Reading. It's in Buckinghamshire. It actually looks really nice. Kind of want to go. Well, you won't see the set there because it was dismantled after they were done filming. Oh. Which is a shame because that would have made for a great tourist attraction. Yep. Yep, it would have done. (laughs) If Warner Studios in LA can have a massive, realistic-looking Harry Potter set, why can't we have that? Pretend it's Sleepy Hollow. Yeah. A bit of a (sighs) trade-off. Anyway. Despite being fired by Disney in 1984 for spending money on Frankenweenie, a film deemed too dark and scary for children to see, which ironically was remade by Burton and Disney in 2012... (laughs) Burr decided to homage moments in Disney's 1949 animated movie, Ichabod and Mr. Toad. Ever heard of that? Nope. Nope, nor have I. Maybe it's on Disney+, Plus. who knows. These include the moment when Ichabod is chased down by Brom impersonating the horseman, and later on in the climatic chase sequence when Ichabod is thrown from the carriage and lands on a horseman's horse backwards. Hmm, Okay. Johnny Depp also did his own stunts for a scene where he is being dragged along the ground by the horse. He wore bulletproof clothing underneath his costume. Oh, well, I mean, I'd rather not do that, but well done, that's that's kind of hardcore. <laughs> I wouldn't do it because I'm quite protective of my genitals. Uh, I would assume that he would have protected that area too, James. Hopefully. But I wouldn't want to risk it, not even in bulletproof clothing. Okay. If anybody needs to make sense of the murder mystery in Sleepy Hollow, the first victim, Peter Van Garrett, secretly married the widow, Emily Winship, writing a new will that left his estate to her and her unborn child. Ichabod, which I love saying, Ichabod, deduced that all the horseman's victims are either beneficiaries or witnesses to this new will. And whoever is controlling the horseman would benefit the estate. Eliminating any other witnesses, the horseman kills village midwife Beth Killian and her family, 
even her little boy, because Tim Burton dislikes it when children are always spared of <sighs> danger in horror movies. Oh no! Oh no! I literally, when this bit happened, I was like, "Why? <laughs> Why is the kid being included in this?" I do, I, I do get it that they are always spared, but is it because they're always spared that I was then shocked that this happened, or? Am I just like, no, spare the child. Spare the little gingerhead boy. <laughs> oh. But I do love the disturbing imagery in a scene where the midwife's disembodied head stares down at her son through the floorboards. Oh, no. That is pure nightmare fuel. Yeah, that's horrid. The same can be said for the tree of the dead design where the bleeding roots and collected heads inside it. Yeah, oh. And then they move, oh, they move all about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's some seriously... Makes me feel a little bit funny. There's great visuals in this film. <laughs> but I digress. In the end, Lady Van Tassel reveals herself to be the mastermind behind this plot. As a child, her family was evicted from their home by Peter Van Garrett in favour of Baltus Van Tassel and his family, who would go on to flourish while her family lived impoverished in the woods. Swearing revenge on those that wronged them, she wormed her way into Van Tassel's household, then pledged herself to Satan if he would raise the horseman to avenge her and claim the Van Tassel and Van Garrett estates without protest. Mm. Well, she actually pledged herself to the devil before she did anything else. So why did the horseman come about now? I don't know. That's what, she... That's what her story was at the end. Okay, that's fine. Because she wit witnessed it and then... Yeah, so I suppose she just dug up the um, horseman's head to control him now. Yes. Okay. I don't think like children should be able to pledge allegiance to the devil. I mean, I, I think they should get consent from their adults first. I'm not really sure that's how it works. I mean, children aren't in their right minds. I mean, you can make mistakes. You can well, regret she that. She was absolutely distraught, wasn't she? So, plus she'd just seen this humongous man killing lots of people and then getting beheaded, so... Okay, then. Everybody loves a cliche. Not a lot this time round. you got the Hessian horseman is betrayed by one little sound when Lady Van Tassel, as a child, snapped a twig. Okay, yeah. Unless that was her sister, but I don't think it was, was it? No, it wasn't. It was her. Okay, it was her. Because then she stayed around, her sister ran off. So she was a evil woman back then as well. Okay. Yep. I was going to use the B word, but I didn't. <laughs> and then you just have the power walking killer and the invincible killer. Yes. Well, he is already dead. I'm not going to say anybody explored in the dark. I don't think dreariness is the same as exploring at night. No. It's just a very dreary looking film. <laughs> Conclusion. Sleepy Hollow is the perfect horror movie to watch over spooky season. Maybe your new go-to movie to get you in the festive spirit on Halloween itself. The gothic whodunit has some genuine scares throughout its story... The creepy set design and foggy locations lend themselves to the eerie atmosphere. The stunning monochrome palette is constantly dripping in technicolour blood. And it always has its tongue firmly in cheek. 
How can such a movie take itself too seriously when you have 18, yes, count them, 18 decapitations over the course of its runtime? Mm. Which must be some record. Some disturbing, very disturbing record. We don't see all 18, though. Because technically four have already happened. That's true. I suppose you see the heads in the tree, though. Yes. I'll give you that. <laughs> well, Sam's not scared with this one, but geared up and ready for autumn and everything Halloween brings with it. Yes, so all in all, Sleep Hollow is a spooky yet fun romp. Just to add, Rotten Tomatoes, Tomato Meter is at 69%, audience score 80. Nice. I mean, I would give it a bit more, because I genuinely love this one. Um, and yes, I said love, because I love it. Not like it. It's not a like-hate. It's not a marmite. <laughs> Goes to show, not all horror films need to be scary, or attempt to be scary. They can just be fun. Yeah. And then Sam likes them. <laughs> and on that bombshell, we have been your hosts... I'm James. And I'm Sam. And you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at ScaringSamPod. And you can contact us at ScaringSamPod at gmail.com. Stay safe safe out out there tonight. tonight.